Hello and welcome to that Badly Show podcast where I am alone again. <laughs> Sorry, there's a bit of echo. I'm in a bigger room. Uh, I I I like to discuss a few things today, and that's three things that changed my perspective. Um, you may be wondering, am I trying to become a self improvement podcast? I don't know, possibly, but. This is what I would normally talk about. I'm often like super serious about topics, or I'm not really, you know, serious.、Uh, I like to just have a lot of like bullshit conversations. Currently,、uh, it's what it's like two fifty in the afternoon, and I've had had just a cup of coffee, had no food, but I'm gonna be drinking a little bit. When I say a little bit, I really mean a little bit. You know, sometimes when you take a piss. I don't know why my accent changed, but <laughs> you know when you take a piss and then like you think a lot's coming out, but not not a lot's coming out. That's how much whiskey I have that I'm drinking. So I'm drink I'm drinking whiskey. I'm trying to justify that I'm not an alcoholic. Um, to be to be completely fair, um, I think isolation has driven us all actually to be a little bit crazy and odd habits are forming. I do not claim to have the healthiest lifestyle. If anything, I have a very unhealthy lifestyle, and I'd like to change that. Anyways,、uh, on the note of change and、uh, the whole lockdown thing,、um, how have you guys been? I've been doing great. Not healthy, but I've been doing great. I've been enjoying doing kind of like you know, pretty naughty things. And I mean, by naughty, I mean <laughs> drinking a very little. Bit of whiskey、um, at two fifteen in the afternoon. I think that's okay. I just haven't had food and I'm drinking alcohol. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm going through a phase.、Um, trying to figure out whiskey. Also trying to figure out wine. Trying to figure out a lot of different kinds of foods. I don't know why. I have a thing for、uh, for tasting things.、Um, you know what doesn't taste good is that my life's trajectory of progress. It's been real slow. Actually, it's not that slow. If I look in retrospect,、uh, I mean I've been recording some random bullshit podcast.、Um, not that I don't care about it. It's just I I feel like I don't really know where I'm going with it. Prior to this, I never posted because or recorded because I didn't know what I wanted to say, and I realized that I needed to just sort of say what's on my mind. And then, so thank you for whoever's listening to this.、Um, I I really appreciate that you come by and you like sit down and hear me out.、Um, Otherwise, yeah. I mean, I just want to talk about things. If anything, this is like a self-reflective journal that I have for myself, and、um, yeah, I want to dive into that. So there's three things that changed my perspective, and I really want to talk about that. I'm not saying this from a perspective of I am a self-improvement guru. I am just a simple boy, peasant boy, who's trying to figure out life, and this is like the lessons he has learned.、Um, So on my list, I have the first thing, which is cliff diving.、Uh, why did cliff diving change my perspective?、Um, that's a very interesting question, Lee Wen. <laughs> I'm just interviewing myself right now.、Um, no, but on a serious note, cliff diving really changed my perspective.、Um, I was talking to my brother, and、um, I was saying that you need to really try cliff diving, man. That thing really fucking changes your life. You don't know either you're gonna make it. Out or alive mid air after you jump because sometimes when you do cliff diving it's really dangerous because sometimes the rocks at the bottom may be quite shallow and you might not be able to see that and you might just break your legs. I'm not saying every cliff diving experience is like this. I'm just saying more likely than not, 
it'll probably <laughs> be like that. So do your research, kids um, and adults. Um, when I did it, uh, there was like a specific area that I was supposed to get in. Otherwise, I'd completely break my legs and I'd be crippled Jimmy, as they might call me. <laughs> um, so let me dive a bit or dig a bit deeper or rather dive a bit deeper into why cliff diving was um, so life-changing and changed my perspective. Um, I find that it's a very great or it's actually some one of the best analogies I've ever come up with for what life is like. You know, trying to go from pivoting from stages of your life. For example, from going to high school to um, college or varsity and varsity to the working force. Um, a lot of them are big changes and a lot of times uh, changes in life is not what you expect it to be. Um, you kind of just cliff dive, you know? You're like, you know there's a certain area you're supposed to jump in to be safe, but you really don't know if you're going to make it or not. Um, kind of, you know, like in the moment you doubt yourself. But, you know, at the end of the day, what happens is you survive or you don't. <laughs> um, for me, thankfully, more likely than not, I have survived. So let me make this more, um, you know, let me make sense of all my blabbering and mumbling. Uh, cliff diving is, it's, it's hard to describe. I'm trying to think of a story that I've had that I can describe it. Um, cliff diving was like when I decided to take my first job. Um, I was really not sure if I wanted to do this first job of mine and I was really scared that it would trap me and it would be my identity for the next 10-15 years and I obviously had a gut feeling that I wanted to do a lot of other creative stuff and you could have argued why did not I do it on the side but unfortunately I am just but a peasant boy <laughs> um, I really only had like the mental capacity for focusing on like one job, which took up most of my day. It was like 12 to 16 hours of my day, including commuting. Coming home and I had to like cook and sleep, wada, wada, wada. Um, there's a whole hustle culture and I understand that and I think it could possibly be great. But at, at that time, um, all I could think about was work and um, that was really scary because I didn't know if I was going to survive it, but I did it. And you, you'd probably think, oh, the change or the cliff diving experience is doing the job, but it's not really. It's like, it's the idea of, there's, there's three points, right? There's the point of standing out at the top of the cliff and looking down and realizing, I don't know if I can do this. I could possibly do this. And then jumping off in midair being like, okay, now I don't know if I will make it or not. I might possibly die. And you question everything and you question like everything that's true. Then you get the ecstasy of being in the water or wherever, I mean, hopefully there's water when you're cliff diving, right? <laughs> um, you're, you're probably ecstatic when you're at the bottom if you survive. If not, then you're like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? I'm a fucking crippled Jimmy now. Like, do I just, like, call my mom? Do I call my dad? What's my dad going to say? Obviously, I overthink a lot, right? And that's kind of like the whole process. But the feeling that I want to focus on is a feeling while you're midair. And then that is the feeling of uncertainty. And that feeling of uncertainty is in some of my opinions, like in my opinion, sorry, is that it's one of the greatest feelings to have. It really is a great life teacher. Um, going into the job, I didn't know if I was going to survive. Doing the job was the equivalent of me being midair. I wasn't sure if I was going to survive, but you know what? I came out of it and I'm still alive, um, partially scarred. 
I might be crippled in the right ankle. <laughs> I don't even think that's a thing, but um, I am kind of crippled in some sense. And I survived, and I'm happy, and I've learned. And um, that experience is something that really changes your perspective when you just take the dive, when you realize your life is on the line. I mean, analogy aside, when I cliff dived, I really thought I was going to die. And I, I think I've done this jump. Okay, so I did cliff diving once, and I jumped off like a jumping board once when I was younger. And trust me, that fucking scared the living shit out of me. Um, when you're 10 and you're jumping off a jumping board, you're like, honestly, like my frail 10-year-old bones won't like survive the f- impact of the water. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I remember those experiences. They're very important to me because I remember the adrenaline, the feeling of just completely realizing you're not in control. Like you can't fight it and you can't fight gravity. That's the law of physics. And sometimes that's kind of like what life is, right? You kind of just like do something and then you take the deep of faith and you hope it works. And this applies to everything from relationships to, um, like business endeavors that you do. Um, I think the faster you get used to that and understand how to make better calculated risks or cliff dives, quote unquote, um, I think the faster you excel in life. Um, and yeah, which brings me to another point of the idea of to jump. How do you make the jump and how, I mean, let's say you make the calculated um, you know, analysis of like making the jump and you're like, this is possibly a good bet. Um, how do I do it? Because I, so there are some things you know you should do, like breaking up with your girlfriend and boyfriend that's super toxic, but you just don't know how to do it. You know it's right, but you can't do it. That brings me to, like I said, my second point, which is Nike's slogan, uh, just do it. Um, uh, I recently read Shoe Dog um, from, I think his name was Stephen Knight. Um, he's a guy who founded Nike and created the whole brand. Give me a second, I'm gonna take a swig of my whiskey. Ooh, really good whiskey, by the way. I'm drinking Monkey Shoulder. Anyways, um, yeah, so I read the book Shoe Dog. And um, I wouldn't say it was the most exciting book to read, but it was very insightful because I really uh, related to his story a lot. Uh, he was an accountant. I was an accountant. Moved into his own business endeavors, which is what I'm doing now, too. Um, and it's tough, man. It's really tough. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it out the same way that Stephen Knight has. But, uh, you know, I'm in the free fall. Um, but what I realized is action perceives motivation. And what that means is often the times we try to wait for motivation to hit us so we can like study and do our homework and to do our projects, to do whatever, to do that YouTube channel. But you know what I realized? Uh, I mean, obviously, this isn't my own original idea. Obviously, got it from Shoe Dog and multiple other like uh, self-improvement gurus and Actually, this piece of advice is actually fucking gold. And uh, that is just to do something, you know, do something and motivation will come like it's your perspective. This is the part where you kind of have to like, you know, practice. It's not something that just changes your perspective. Like you have to practice doing something and learning to like readjust your brain into feeling motivation that comes from like doing something like, for example, this podcast I actually didn't. I wanted, the plan was to try to like put my thoughts out there every day, but then the past couple of days, like the past two or three days, it was uh, a little bit hard. I was a bit lazy, but you know what? Today I was like, I'm just going to do it. And hopefully I get the motivation to say things and to keep the momentum going. I think the idea is to never give up. And I think a lot of people preach that shit, but honestly, like don't fucking give up if it's something that you want. 
And uh, realizing whether you want it or not is a whole different topic we can talk about in another episode. But um, yeah, action precedes motivation. It's it's crazy. It's it's yeah, it's insane because like, how do I do something if I don't have the motivation? Because when you think like that, you're immediately stuck in this loop of like needing. You're like you're you're relying on something invisible. Like like uh, how do you rely on something that you, you don't even know who gives you this motivation? That's why people are addicted to like. Possibly this podcast for motivation or like um, Gary Vee and all these other crazy things. Not that they're not helpful. I think motivation equals hope, right? I think that's what it should be instead of action, right? Action by itself is more internal. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people need to sit down and like really introspect and figure out what the fuck they want to do. A lot of times I don't think people know. And when you realize that, I think you'll do it. And it might not be perfect, but motivation will come. Eventually, it might be slow and gradual, and that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm actually doing a lot of crazy fucking things right now. I'm doing YouTube, which I'm also procrastinating on. I'm also just like recording podcasts because I want to just put stuff out there. Um, my Instagram is also just going through a few transitions. I have a Patreon that I'm trying to create, websites, um, possible courses I'd like to make on topics I've done and am good at. Um, and yeah, it's not always easy. It's like kind of like, um, you know, where do you get the motivation to do all these things? And I'm not trying to say this because like, look at me, I'm so fucking great. I'm just telling you, I, this is what I'm doing and I want to succeed in it. Um, completely independent from your validation, right? So I feel like that should incite you to feel like, to, you know, like change, I'm trying to change your perspective. That's what I'm fucking doing. I'm trying to say like, look, what do you want to do? And why do you want to do it? And if you want to do it and you know why you want to do it, then just do it. And don't worry about the feeling of whether it'll go right or not because the motivation will come. You'll figure it out. Like everything you've done, like even walking as a baby, you just did it or your mom made you do it (laughs) and you learned by falling and learning your balance. And I think that's exactly what it is um, with any other like endeavors. Um, Oh my goodness. I am just checking if... This thing's still recording. <laughs> Anyways, I am back. Um, so, so yeah, Nike slogan, just do it. It's very important. Action precedes motivation. Please, please go and just do something that's related to what you want to do. It, I mean, if you wanted to start a YouTube channel, at least click that join now or like create account on YouTube and you can get halfway through. And then the next day you try to get further and further and further. I think those are the small steps. Um, and trust me, it's hard. It's easier said than done. Like I've been trying to push out more content and um, I don't always want to do YouTube because that's just how my brain works. So uh, every day I kind of try something different. Uh, I'm also trading stocks, learning how to get uh, good at trading stocks. So every day I'm also touching on that a bit and I might be spreading myself too thin. But you know what? I'm doing it. Um, I think... People need to just do it. Like people, like you got to focus on one thing. But honestly, if you're not doing anything, you got to just do everything, man. And once you kind of figure it out, then you can focus on one thing. That's my personal opinion. That's personally what I believe. Especially if you're a young person that's just completely lost. Um, there's no better way to do it than that. Um, so yeah, that that concludes my second point of just do it and how that has changed my perspective. Um, just to do things. 
Um, the third and final last thing is uh, the front to back thinking. I think a guy I watched actually talked about this. I w- always had this thought when I was younger. Not saying I'm a genius, but it's just great to relate it to someone who's like put words to it. And his name is Simon Sinek or Sinek. He's, uh, I think he's like an industrial psychologist or something who does like motivational speakings and he goes into businesses and he consults them. And oh, like they consult him and then he changes things. And there's this thing he talked about, which is like the front to back thinking, which is for me, like, I think there's a few different ways to do it. But how I understood and did it is I try to imagine what I am like at my ideal successful age. For example, I'd like to be 35 and rich, but I know my 50, probably 60 year old self um, knows me best. Sorry about that dog in the background. Um, He's having a fucking orgy. While I drink my whiskey, give me a sec. Ah, yeah, so um, back to what I was saying. Um, so I normally try to imagine my 60 year old self, my truest and most wisest self, not like my most successful and rich self, because personally, my moral value is like, I rather trust a version of myself that has had, I don't know, hopefully not, but a divorce and a lot of life changing things where he's lost his business to consult me in my current age. Because my rich self will probably tell me something different. I don't know. Uh, this is a bit on a tangent, but hear me out. So my six-year-old self would probably tell me, like, dude, take your time, right? I talk to a lot of other older people, and they always tell me, like, one thing they regret is not taking the chances. And, and I think that's very true. My six-year-old self would probably tell me to take my chances. Because you, the idea of front-to-back thinking is you have to try to completely envision yourself in your six-year-old self and what he would or she would say to you, right? And... My six-year-old self would be like, yeah, take a chill, uh, focus on your relationships because right now I'm so like career-focused. I'm trying to fucking like get fucking rich. But you know, at the end of the day, I think every person knows that money doesn't get you love. I mean, it could at some point, it could make it easier, but it really doesn't. It doesn't buy you love. And there's a lot of opportunities when you're young to like really like get to know people in like a very intimate and youthful way that you can't when you're 60 or maybe 35. And I think you're fucking throwing that away if you're just like grinding the whole time. So I think that's where the balance between like working hard and grinding and hustling like Gary Vee said is compared to just, you know, being lazy and lazy isn't a bad thing. So yeah, my six-year-old self would be like, you know, cut yourself some slack. It's okay to uh, not be productive every day of quarantine. Um, even though you see everyone posting the successes, I have a few friends who started businesses and really successful ones. And I'm like, shoot. I am not doing jack shit. <laughs> and here I am talking to a podcast by myself because nobody wants to uh, talk to me or they're too busy for me. And uh, yeah, and that, that really fucking hurts, you know. Um, but my future self would be like, it's okay. That's part of the process. You enjoy it. You enjoy feeling like there's like a certain kind of joy or feeling behind, right? Like you feel the joy when you're behind because when you're ahead of whoever you beat, right? If we want to make a competition, you'll feel the joy of, you'll feel the satisfaction because you know what it's like to be behind. And I think that's very important. If you can't begin to even understand what it means to be humbled by the feeling of feeling behind and less than everyone, I think you are, uh, if you're not, right? You're off to a bad start to being successful because you're just going to be a snobbish, privileged uh, piece of shit. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I am. I definitely don't come from the worst background, but I have in some ways been humbled enough to not look down or 
scoff at people who are trying to make it and think that they're doing it in a stupid way. You never know which fool is going to make it with a weird way they do things. So if you see a 40-year-old man who's trying to do a podcast, it's not funny. <laughs> it's great. This guy has a lot of things to say. I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I think my past self would have laughed at a 40-year-old trying to get into social media. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all changed. Like I said, my perspective has changed. So I, I like to do these, um, you know, what's the word? I like to make appointments with my future 60-year-old self. Sometimes I write it. Sometimes I sit with a little cup of whiskey like I am now and think about what my 60-year-old self would say and do. Um, and yeah, just reflect, you know. I, my 60-year-old self, I believe, is very very experienced. Uh, I'm only 25 and I've experienced a few things that I think are quite insane and quite fun. And there's a lot of things I would say to my 18 or 16 year old self. And honestly, let's take that quick, right? Um, I'm 25 now, turning 26. What would I say to my 18, 17 going on to 18 year old self going into college, right? Um, I'd honestly say like, have more fun, put yourself more out there. Um, because you never know who you're going to meet, who's going to become a lifelong friend and potentially a business partner. Um, I was way too scared back then. Um, I thought too much about it. And I guess like I couldn't change that, but I would encourage my past self to like just do things. And um, yeah, I never understood the whole idea of cliff diving or like the just do it slogan. And I think that in, in a part is like, if I did understand that when I was a lot younger, I would be a lot more mature. But you know what? It's okay. I don't, I don't want to change that. Um, part of being immature is what made 18 fun, right? Um, so yeah, that brings me to the whole point of front to back thinking. Um, try to imagine your older self talking to you. Um, recently, I found a site called futureme.org, I believe. I may be wrong, but um, it's a site where you can write yourself an email and schedule it for, um, you know, some future date. So I wrote myself a email for my birthday, which is coming up in a few months. Hopefully uh, COVID ends then or lockdown does so I can do something fun. But uh, I'm not going to disclose what I wrote. Um, it's a bit personal. I might make it into a YouTube video, but um, I wrote some pretty like kind things to myself probably kind of real. I, I, the one line I wrote, right, I remember, I said, uh, go grab a beer and have it with, and go laugh with someone pretty or someone you find funny, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's something that I would want my future self to have. Um, I, so I, I often get into like pretty negative mind spaces where all I can think about is just like the bad things and whatnot and who knows what will happen on my birthday, right? But hopefully I, I snap out of it even if I am in a bad space and, and I realize a lot of good things are happening. I wrote myself an email, so I would encourage you guys to do something like that too. It's really great. Um, in this sense, it's like a past to front thinking, but you know, you get the point. You want to take it from different perspectives. We often forget that we uh, only think in one dimension, oh, like two dimensions, right? Like a very two-dimensional thinking or perspective. And it helps to think what my future self or your future self would say to you or what your future self might think. And that might put thing, a lot of things into perspective to do. Um, I think a lot of people are going through COVID right now and they, all they can think about is how the businesses aren't working, how they're going to feed their children. But think of your 50-year-old, 60-year-old self that has like surpassed all your limits and has become successful, what would you say to yourself? And take that as like a way of like self-medicating in terms of like self-therapy. 
Um, of course, if you really need therapy, you should really go see a professional. Otherwise, in some ways, it's great to talk to yourself like this. This is what it means to self-love. Um, because I definitely know, and I don't know if other people are different, but I do definitely know that my six-year-old self would be a lot more chilled with me. My 35-year-old self might be more aggressive and say like, oh, you gotta hustle more. But I know my 60-year-old self, like from the older 60-year-old people I've seen who've gone through multiple marriages and multiple failed businesses, they're normally very kind, you know, because life isn't easy and um, nobody expects you to do it right the first time. Um, you know, if you believe in past lives, maybe you'll do better the next life, but it's okay. It's, it's part of being in the present, you know. You learn to like, like the punches, you know. For me, like, I really like squash, and squash is like a racket um, sport where you hit a ball against, a rubber ball against like a wall, and someone else plays with you and they hit it back of the wall. Anyways, if you don't know it, search up squash or wall, racket wall or something like that. Um, but I love getting completely humiliated in that sport. I often like playing like national like champions back when I was in high school. Not saying I'm good. I was probably pretty terrible. I'm self-taught. So I'm like a really pudgy little Asian boy. And all I like doing is just running because back then my, my belief is that um, cardio is king. Um, now less so, but still like I like the feeling of just working for that win, right? And the big part of why I like being humiliated like that is because I I just like the feeling of feeling like someone's spitting on me and beating me to the floor. Maybe I'm really into this whole S&M culture, but the, 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 the thing that I would justify it is because I don't know why it gives me hope. I think I get very aggressive and I'm very competitive and I think I use that to my advantage. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking make it. I can't wait till I'm like a fucking beat you and look down at you and spit at you. Hopefully you smile back. Probably you might not. <laughs> the person, right? Not you. Um, but for me, that has always been my driving force to prove something, to make something that people thought was impossible possible. And um, maybe that's all crazy talk because I haven't maybe like, no, actually I have. That's like imposter syndrome. I have made some impossible things possible, you know. And, um, and I like that feeling. And Maybe this inspires you. Maybe you can take that for yourself and try it. Maybe you're not a person who likes to admit defeat. And I, if, you, if that is you, I think that's great because you're going to have to take advantage of that and like really use it to fuel yourself. Um, I recently talked to someone who um, always had the ego of that they're smart. And then going into college, they realized they weren't the smartest one and it was very humbling. And um, yeah, and I think that really gave them a different perspective change. Um, it's a good challenge, but um, yeah. So this wasn't original on my list, but I'd like to include it, which is um, my last thing that changed my perspective is comparison is the, a thief of joy, right? We're gonna always compare, that's how humans are. We're competitive by nature, in my opinion. Um, and we're gonna put ourselves down and give ourselves reasons not to do something. And if that means going off social media, like I have for like the past 27 days, you gotta do that, you know? Try to put things in perspective. And that's something where it links back to like cliff diving and the second point of Nike's slogan of just do it. You gotta know that deleting social media and you don't know how it's gonna turn out, but you gotta just do it. And um, you might be surprised at the results that happen. You might find that you are less judgy and you might be kinder to yourself. And I think that is the point, right? So yeah, if I had to like round, like, like, you know, round off everything I've said, it's just 
get used to the idea of free falling and not knowing if you'll survive or not, and then just do it, make it happen. But obviously, you want to be calculated, calculator risk, and then think from the front to back of your future self to your current self, and then make all those decisions together. That's how I make a lot of my decisions, actually. And it's been working out pretty good. And I try my best to put in systems to not compare myself and to understand that I am on my own journey and so are you. Um, my journey does not depict the rate at which you are. It does not mean you're slow or you're fast or you're just stagnant. You are where you're supposed to be. And that was something very important that um, I've read online when I was really struggling with my free fall with my first job. <laughs> but um, yeah. So thanks for listening. If you've lasted this long, I really appreciate it. Everyone who listens to this ramble of mine, um, the idea is that I know this isn't for everyone, but if you're here and you're listening, thank you so much. I can only assume that you like what I'm saying and you like who I am and my persona online. Uh, yeah, if you can, give me a review. It'd be really great. Um, it really would really help this podcast. I think it would get it out there. If you have friends that would like my vibe, send it over to them. It would be great if people followed and listened to this podcast. Um, I really enjoy this kind of content. I do plan to do more of this on my YouTube as well, just in different ways and artistic expressions. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I'd like to connect with people. Um, this concludes the third episode, I think. And uh, patting myself on the back and taking a swig of my whiskey. Until next time, uh, this is That Badly Show. And I am your host, Lee Wen Chen. And I am logging off now.